What's up, witches, and welcome to Witch Space. I'm Gemini. And I'm Scorpio. And we're not alone. We have a guest. We have a friend. And I love it. It's Monica Bodirsky. You've heard her on the podcast before. And if you haven't, Monica, tell people who you are. Okay, well, let's do that in a nutshell. First, I want to say thank you for having me back on your wonderful podcast, Scorpio and Gemini. Always a treat, I must say. I am a tarot artist and author, and also I write speculative fiction and a bunch of other things that are probably not that germane to our conversation, but I do call myself a witch and a walker between the worlds, a very spiritual person, and I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for coming back. Yes. In the summer. Um, God, it's been a horrible summer. It's God, just it's been... I don't know what's going on. I started out with Canada. I saw this great meme that I think somebody that we know posted, Monica, and it was like Canada is like smudging the U.S. or something like that. And like the U.S. is, is choking and they're like, that's right, demons. No. That's right. Yeah. It was just so funny because I was like, yes, I kind of felt like maybe we did need that, you know? Are you okay? Was it near you? Like- I'm sure it was worse for you. You know, it, it was, it doesn't usually affect Takaranto, which is the indigenous way of saying Toronto for those who aren't familiar. It wasn't uh, bad up until a few weeks ago. We had this dreadful week. There were over 380 wildfires burning out of control. And a lot of them were in Northern Ontario. Again, for those who are listening and aren't familiar with um our fair city here, we're just across the border. We're like not even an hour away from uh, Buffalo. And uh, we were covered in the most dreadful choking smoke. And the air quality was so bad one day that we had the really um, unfortunate honor of having the worst air quality in the world for that day. Oh my God. And it was, it was quite startling because normally we don't, we don't have that. This is all new for us. Mm -hmm. We don't have these kind of wildfires burning out of control. We generally have them on the West coast in the heavily forested area of British Columbia. Um, just like you might have them in California. It's the same, same forest basically further. Yeah. South. Um, but we don't usually have that. And I was out, we were on the island um, during my retreat uh, and residency. And um, I went out really early in the morning and I could feel uh, it in my throat and coughing and choking. And we just all stayed inside and closed windows and had fans on. We didn't have air conditioning until it kind of lifted a day or two later. So, I mean, I'm really glad somebody's making a meme out of it, but. <laughs> You know, being Canadian, I'm like walking around choking, going, oh, my gosh, the poor people south of us. <laughs> it was um, I think it was the only time that I saw people willingly putting on masks here. Yeah, we did that, you know, and the fact that people had them, because when I went to work one day, this when it happened here, it was June. It was the, the sun was a weird color like a mm -hmm. color but other than that the air was fine and halfway through the day i'm walking down this we have like two buildings connected by a bridge i'm walking by the bridge because there are no windows in my classroom and it's orange it's just orange outside and i said what 
why is the sky orange? And I said, well, thank God I have, I have masks everywhere in the English office, in my classroom. So I'm like, okay, I'm putting this thing on before I get in my car. Like this obviously is not safe. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that must have been bad for you. It must have been because there were fires in Nova Scotia as well. And that is one of the the signs when you look up and you see that the sun is this really peculiar shade of almost pinky red. Uh, The sky is kind of orange. And also when we were on the island, the, the full moon, when it rose up out of Lake Ontario, was a flame red, which was really disconcerting. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's the smoke. And I hope that, um, I don't know, the forests regenerate. I mean, I care, as you do, I'm sure, so very deeply about the environment and the people and the animals. It... Um, it gets very disturbing to think about the impacts and what we're doing to uh, to our Mother Earth. Uh, and I'm sure um, other witches and pagans have, have felt that way too, to want to engage in some deep healing um, and be very conscious about what we're doing and how we can help, help heal things. So first thing I gotta say as a science person, um, it's gonna be like this, forever now. Uh, Every summer is just going to get hotter until we do something about it. But I do think that this, weirdly enough, is like a a great segue into some of the things we wanted to talk about with you, because part of the problem that I found, especially getting involved in like climate work, is just how draining it is emotionally and how much it takes from you. And I think a lot of what you talk about and what you do with your art and with your retreats is really helping to empower people and make them, you know, give them a way to get in touch with their art and their expression and their spirituality that can refill that cup a little bit. Um, and so I would love for you, if you don't mind, to talk about your retreat, because the fact that it happened while, you know, these wildfires were going on, I just, it's, it feels really poignant. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thanks. Thank you for that compliment. I really am happy to hear that uh, you feel that it is empowering people. That is certainly my intent. So it's nice to hear that, that you're seeing it that way. Um, Because I think we all need to take accountability and responsibility and quit relying on on um, other people, perhaps to either uh, validate us or show us the way we all have to take part in this if we want things to really change and we need to be strong Mm -hmm. Uh, the retreat started I think this was the seventh I kind of lost track there I lost this huge chunk of time during COVID yeah for a couple of summers but it is an annual summer residency and it is for um, artists who identify as witches pagans earth-based spiritual practitioners and uh, broadly non-mainstream spiritual points of view. And the purpose is, um, it's a week. It has been two weeks at times and 10 days, depending on the space availability. And the purpose is to look at the environment through the elements of earth, air, fire, water, and spirit. And how we relate to each of those elements within the environment and then how we internalize that and connect it to our creativity uh, and spirituality. I think a lot of times we compartmentalize those things and see them as very different. And the purpose of this is to uh, integrate so that we can be authentic and empowered, I believe, and see that 
we can not only maybe work with the elements, but we can become the elements. And when we become this much part of the environment uh, and we're healing ourselves, we're healing the environment. Uh, it's a very holistic kind of an integration. We become better stewards if that tree limb is our limb. Mm -hmm. And if the water is within us, we will naturally begin, I think, to take ownership and accountability of that and actually do something instead of talking about it. And the smoke and the fires, yes, that was not coincidentally because I break down the residencies for elements each day and not coincidentally that bad day was on the fire element day and we've had that um the the water element day uh has frequently rained and it did this time um and the air element day is often really noisy and windy <laughs> Mm -hmm. So it's it's really interesting. And some people may say that's just our heightened awareness, but there is something genuinely alchemical that occurs. And I can honestly say, given the feedback I've had, that the participants feel genuinely transformed in a way that they're quite startled by in ways that they weren't expecting. So yeah, it was a pretty, pretty intense with with the fires, though, I have to say. I have a thought. I know I can see it on your face. That's why I, I held back. Okay, I, I just because I'm. It's a little. It's a little tangenty. Here's the problem. I had this moment, right? You're talking. You're telling us about this retreat. I'm like, damn, this is so like. It's like a beautiful mentorship process, and you said something in the beginning about like we need to take accountability and we need to not rely on other people. But it is so powerful also for you to be like, I am this person that you can rely on, and I'm going to help guide you through this. Um, cause it, it makes me think about when we way back when we read the Espiritismo book and I was talking about how, you know, I love this idea of community, like spiritual leaders, like this person that you would go to, to be like, you know, I need help processing this thing, like a, like a community psychologist kind of vibe. And that's kind of the same energy here as like, yes, we all need to find a way to be in relationship with the elements but you're really kind of taking the initiative to be like, I'm going to help you creative people that have come to this. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to give you the tools. Um, and like one, very cool. I love that. I want to see more of it just from the witch community in general. Um, but two, I think that that is something that it's something that can be done like incrementally. It's something that can be brought to the table by everybody. So like I could, I could ask you right now, Monica, like, could you share some things that you do to get in touch with the elements? And you can tell us on the podcast. And that's something that our listeners could take away immediately. But if they're attracted to that, they could also be like, oh, I'm going to go do this retreat or I'm going to go, you know, get Monica's tarot deck and work with that. So it's sort of like, yeah, it can be really intimidating, but here are all these little ways that we can do that. And so Monica, can you tell us some of the ways that you get in touch with the elements? Oh, for sure. And I, and I think this has been such a lifelong practice of mine in wanting to help other people integrate things. It's because it took me so long to integrate these things. And uh, coming from also, uh, you know, a point in my life where I was um, an educator, which I guess I still am, but as a formal educator, I also just wanted to mention that I've created like an 18 page syllabus for this retreat. I love it. Which offers exercises and keywords and uh, 
thoughtful reflection questions to get people to think about their own relationships so that I'm not just feeding them um, my mm -hmm. own, you know, uh, thoughts on this. And this is how I got in touch with each of the elements. And I generally go a day in advance of the participants and I cleanse the space and I open the space and I call in ancestors. I honor the spirits of the land, the indigenous space that we are on. And I'm very grateful for that and make sure that I'm honoring each of those elemental spirits as well, which can be very different than just um, the abstract notion of uh, each element. So if I were doing something with earth, just to be very simple here, uh, I have my feet in dirt or sand. Mm -hmm. uh, I am on the earth. I am rooted and grounded. I might be holding onto a large rock, which I often do, or I might float away. Uh, <laughs> trees. And just really feel the pull of the earth and the nurturing and ask my ancestors how they related to the earth. And sometimes it involves like a kind of a, a journeying that occurs like a light trance. Other times it might involve me using uh, tarot or divination to see what the earth message might be. Uh, and often I'm just sitting and listening quietly, which is probably a difficult thing, you know, for a lot of busy people. Yes. <laughs> um, and just stop and listen with my whole body, mind, spirit to what is happening. And it also involves this physicality because frequently we're very out of touch with our own bodies. We're so removed. Uh, we get caught up in thought so much. We don't know when we've eaten or when we're tired. So there's a lot of, uh, in that grounding, there's a lot of integrating all the different aspects and feeling yourself on the ground and being right in the moment and saying, you know, I'm here. It's okay. What do I need? Uh, right now? What does the earth need right now? What can I do? And just allowing that to happen. So it can be complex, but I've tried to simplify it, as I said, in the handouts I give people. And it, it, does, make, um, it does make the exploration a little easier. I think it facilitates the process. And I do that for each of the elements. And by the time we get to the spirit, element the spirit element is integrating all of the other elements and how how we're doing at that moment um and usually in an express creative expression i hope that clarifies somewhat <laughs> so you say you started this seven years ago yeah um, how did you know like what made you go i'm i need to do this and were you at any point because i, I can i can imagine which is out there going okay i can't get to canada can I do something like this myself? How did you even know people would come? Like, I know if you build it, they will come. But how did you know that, you know, this would be like the thing? Or did you just say, you know what? I don't care if anybody shows up. Like, this is something I believe in and I'm going to do it. Yeah, kind of a bit of both. And I went out to Artscape Gibraltar Point, which is here on our island, which is a 10-minute ferry ride from our mainland here. And I went on a self-directed retreat. Basically, you apply and you tell the space, because it is an artist retreat, uh, you tell them what you'd like to work on, no matter how vague that is, though, and you apply for a week. Uh, they have a, 
accommodation rate that is way below what the average hotel would be. It's kind of um, an old building. It's kind of rough camping feel with walls at times. Uh, it's a beautiful space. It used to be the island school uh, before that they built a new school. And I went on that retreat because I'd kind of lost myself in a lot of caregiving with family members over many, many years. And I kind of lost touch with uh, parts of my identity and what I wanted to do, how I wanted to continue. So I thought it would be a great space. And after going for a couple of years, I thought, you know, I bet other people would feel this way too. And in the couple of years that I went on my own, maybe even two or three years, I went through the process of going through the elements to reconnect. And I thought, you know, maybe some other people would enjoy this. And uh, you have to apply and describe and you have to kind of, you know, rally for space there because there's a lot of people who would like to use the space. And I wrote it all down and thought, you know what, I think people might enjoy this. But I had to not care, as you're mentioning, Scorpio. I had to go to that space of, I will grow 12 ulcers if I don't just stop worrying about who's going to show up. Mm -hmm. I just kept saying, I'm going to show up. It's okay. <laughs> I will be there. And you need a minimum of six people, basically, to get your own accommodation uh, looked after there. Um and to make it a valid retreat. So it's like, oh my gosh, the pressure, the pressure. But I've been under so many deadlines. I know how to completely, uh, you know, remove that part and say, you know what? If it's meant to be, I've done all the things I can. At this point, I have to let go. If I've advertised and told people about it, invited everyone I know, I will hold out hope that folks show up. And at the very first one, I think there were eight eight people. And at this last retreat, there were 18, which is capacity, you can only fit 19 people in the space. So uh, it's grown. And I'm really happy about that. A lot of people keep coming back. <laughs> and that which is interesting, because each time they come back to explore something different happens, and they're at a different point in their lives. And Quickly, to address your mentioning, people might want to do this off-site. I am working on uh, workbooks right now. I'm partway through that book that allows you, wherever you are, to replicate a lot of this. And it's what kind of inspired me to create the Awakening Tarot, which is in production at the moment and will be out next spring 2024. Uh, that's also an elemental tarot that is meant to facilitate the process of you getting in touch with yourself and with the elements and, you know, being the eternal optimist, uh, you know, thinking that there's enough of us and spiritual awakening literally for us to make a change with the earth's environment and reverse some of the damage, albeit slowly. I love that every time you come on our podcast, you're like, yeah, I'm doing exactly the thing that you want us to do. <laughs> that idea that you're having, I'm doing that. Fuck yeah, Monica. Thank you. God. <laughs> yes. They can't see me, but I was freaking out the whole time. It was great. Um, I loved that you made the, the comment that you made 
I'm going to show up, right? Like no matter who's there, I'm going to show up. Cause I feel like the way that I approach manifestation is that, um, and I've got like a big, <laughs> you can't see it, but I'll post it to Instagram. I have a poster. It's this cute little like art piece uh, that I wrote on. And I basically was like, well, you're not changing, you're choosing because manifestation is aligned action. So I'm going to show up is the act of manifestation. And you, by showing up, are creating the space, manifesting the reality that all of these people can then come into and manifest their own art, their own relationship with the elements, et cetera. So I would love if you could talk a little bit about your relationship with manifesting, if like, like how does it work for you spiritually and how does it work for you practically? Yeah, that's, it's interesting. It works for me as you're saying by showing up as soon as I decide that I just got to sit down and do the thing it follows and Mm -hmm. it's like the universe says okay you're making an effort here and doors will open uh on the occasion that I've had doors slam on me which has happened frequently you just got to pick up and keep rolling (laughs) you know what those things probably were not meant to occur or not meant to manifest Mm -hmm. so I think the key is to stay focused and positive on what you want and in those areas And believe me, as a creative person, there are these, you know, horrible, fast spaces like in in sailing, they're the doldrums, there's no wind in your sails, and you're Mm -hmm. just sort of floating around, thinking, will there ever be wind in my sails again? (laughs) And you try not to get too down about it. So that is one way is just showing up. As you've mentioned, another way for me is to... um, believe it or not, clean out things and reassess things and clear out and make room. Because uh, again, others, there's a you can't see this, but uh, there's a reason for that. I have a lot of stuff in, in behind me in the artist space, a lot of which I'm very convinced I require. And a lot of it I do not. Uh, so this regular purging is making room for things to come in into my life and into my space, which is is another thing. And also, I find that uh, tarot and drawing, this taught me a lot, uh, drawing and painting, the imagery, those things started to manifest, which I found really peculiar, but I shouldn't. You know, when I was drawing the tower card and painting that, you can imagine what manifested there. Uh, It was very unpleasant. Uh, So I kind of moved through that card as quickly as possible when I realized what was going on. The devil card was not a a bowl of yucks. And there were a few other cards that I realized that when I was drawing them and bringing them into being and creating them, that I was manifesting that energy as well which is what is in tarot and oracle cards. Uh, So that knowing that would give a lot of credence to drawing other things, like maybe I should work on drawing a very large pile of cash right about now, you know, right? (laughs) Because we're talking manifestation, like, why am I not doing that? Like, I'm not, but it it made me think a lot. Um, The abundance and the 10 of pentacles card Actually, I did get a lot of uh, orders all of a sudden on my site, and it really made me think about how 
energy and focusing on what you want is the manifestation. It is spell casting. We don't see that, but when we're in a hurry and we hit every light is green, perhaps that's our energy. Perhaps that's a spell and we're not even calling it that. It's just kind of happening and we're not aware. Mm -hmm. So there's so many ways of, of manifestation, but those, those are a couple of things. You know, I saw this video recently and I'm thinking about people who are out there maybe thinking, well, how, how do I begin to manifest something? Like, how can I just, I, I just start drawing something, writing something? And the video was this experiment that happened. They wanted to see, um, basically you make your own reality. So how do they do that? They had these volunteers come in and they had these uh, special effects people do scars on them. And they told them, we want you to go out and talk to people with this scar. So they showed them their reflection in the mirror and they're like look at yourself you know where it is you know what it looks like and then right before they were going to go out they said oh hold on they just want to touch it up and what the makeup artist did was remove the scar but these people didn't see that so now they go out into the wild right they're talking to people they come back what was it like everybody was staring at my scar uh people were rude to me because i had a scar like they manifested it's that simple. It's that easy. Sometimes you manifested this reality of people judging you. Meanwhile, there was nothing on your face. So, you know, a lot of times when people talk about how witches dress, how some witches dress, or why is it important? And for me, I, I feel that I do manifest the energy that I want people to have of me when I get dressed, right? I do feel that people um, day, on my day to day, if I'm rockabilly out, there is this approachability. And when I'm out there in black and I do my thing, it's like, no, there is no approachability, but the animals in the neighborhood do come near me, which I think is really funny. Like the cats, like they're out. I'm like, where have you been? And I'm like, oh, I haven't worn black. How you doing? You know, um, all the dogs want to come play with me. So, you know, because that's what you have in your head, right? When, when I am dressed a certain way, I am feeling a certain way about myself that's being projected. So for people, I think that are starting out and like, how do I manifest? Try that. I don't mean change your wardrobe, but ask yourself, why did you wear this dress today? Or why do you wear that hat? Or what, what's the message you feel, right? And let's face it, if you go out of the house and you're not comfortable without makeup and you have a little baseball cap on and you're wearing whatever and you feel crappy, you might have a crappy day. Start paying attention to those things because it's, it's even little things like that that will manifest the reality that you have for yourself on a given day. What are we going to say, Gemini? I see it all over her face. We've been doing this long enough that I see <sighs> the wheels start turning and I'm like, okay, I have to wrap it up because she's- No, gonna, no. no, I can wait. Okay. I'm, a, I'm a patient puppy. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking about how for our listeners who, who like, I'm, I, I'm just kind of like synthesizing it all, right? So like, hey- it's cool to get in touch with the elements for a variety of reasons, right? You, you probably listening have your own reason why you want to do it. We all here have our own reason why we want to do it. What, go draw a picture of each of the elements because the picture that you draw is going to be what in your head you associated with the element. And then you can go and say, all right, well, why did I draw this? Right. It's like the same thing with the outfit, but bringing it back to, you know, the, the topic of the retreat, right? Why did I draw um, a bonfire for fire? Why did I draw a tornado for air? You know, that, that is such a simple first step to be able to then be like, all right, I'm getting in touch with my intuition. I'm grounding into my own understanding of reality. I'm working with the elements in probably like a really safe way. 
And also like, that sounds kind of fun, you know, just be like, I'm going to go. I'm not me, Gemini, not a great artist, not a good artist, but I don't think you have to be good to do that exercise. No, you absolutely don't. I think that's a wonderful thing. And you know what? That's one of the things in the syllabus. (laughs) Yes. There we go. You psychic you. (laughs) It is, it is, it is, um, you know, draw, paint, write, because I have people who are multidisciplinarian and they come from all different walks. I think it's more crucial rather than me focusing on a specific medium to invite people who have some form of creative expression who identify as witches, uh, earth-based spiritual practitioners, and people who want to get in touch with elements. And um, yeah, that's the earth uh, uh, exercise. They're one of the first ones is to go walk and sit under a tree, sit in the earth ground, and come back and draw, paint, sing, whatever that is. What, what is it to you? What are you feeling? What are you seeing? And even in abstract notion, if possible, because sometimes those feelings defy uh, representation, like they may go way beyond a tree into just uh, a certain color of green that you're Mm -hmm. feeling, or it could just be a certain tone that you heard or a low hum. So we try to leave it really open, but that's uh, that's excellent. I say, I'd love to see your drawing Gemini. (laughs) I will post it to Instagram. I will do it and I will post it. And Scorpio, can you make a playlist for the elements? So we could share it with uh, the listeners. How many songs do you want on it? Like Like at least four, five, at least five. At least five. If you want it like, you know, multiple songs for like a huge playlist. No, I can do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like fun. So you say you have 18 people. Have you ever thought you wanted to expand? Like at some point go somewhere else and make it a bigger group of people? Do you think there's something to be said for a smaller group? Um, I think there's something to be said for even the 18 Uh, people it was a comfortable size for people to talk to one another I must say too that just to give you an idea of what occurs uh, every morning um, we have a talk I I, uh, kind of moderate a circle so we have a circle and talk about the element of the day and thoughts that come up and our connection to it and where we might be going and there's also an evening circle Sometimes those are uh, talks. We also have a movie night. I mean, we have to watch Practical Magic, you know. Um, Legally, you're required, yeah. (laughs) It is, every year. Um, And have a discussion about, and it gets better because uh, our participants uh, are generally, um, well, they range in age anywhere from, I'd say, 20 to 68 has been the range. but it's interesting, the younger participants really find a lot to, you know, jump all over with practical magic because it's quite, quite outdated in, in some ways, but it's a very interesting uh, chat. So every day there is sort of uh, some curated time with um, holding discussions. And I think that that number was pretty, pretty astounding. It was great to hear the number of opinions that also allows for people who are maybe quieter, don't like to speak up, but it felt like everyone had an opportunity and it just the, um, 
alchemy and energy in that group, not just because of the diversity of age and background, but I think that size of group was great. I might try at some point running a couple in a summer or uh, right now my idea has been to run something every season. I have three things. One is Inception, which takes place at Imbolc in early February and is about working towards a six-month goal that you have. And uh, with an actual methodology there, it's the witch methodology, of course. It's an acronym for another syllabus I have. And that lasts for a weekend. And uh, the summer one is awakening and the arcana a weekend in fall is a very different energy in October for manifestation. So there's so many different factors. It's hard for me at this point to tell if, um, you know, I could make a funny comment, just say if size matters, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I I think for the moment, I'm good with that. And I think there's such a very specific transformative magical energy at this space I'm not sure I could recreate uh, that elsewhere, probably, probably, but um, it would take a lot of thought because things, I don't know about where you guys are, but things here right now are insanely expensive. Yes. They are yeah. so through the roof that they would charge me so much that I'd have to charge participants so much that it would be kind of out of the question and then there's the matter of uh guests getting there um if they're out of the city and in rural areas whereas right here in Takaranto, it's uh about 15 minutes not even depending on traffic from the island airport you know it's on the other side of the island and not attached you have to come through the city to get back Mm -hmm. but it's like 10 minutes away so the convenience factor is what I think draws a lot of people. One, I just want to point out, cause we've talked in a couple of other books that we've read about um, like building your own wheel of the year. And like, that's kind of what you're doing. And also then being able to pass on to your participants is like, okay, here's my inception. Here's my manifestation. Here's my, this, like you're creating your own holidays by doing these retreats, um, which I think, you know, is something that we talk about. We say, yeah, do that. Make your own holidays celebrate your own days. Like your wheel of the year should be important to you. Um, but Monica, I'm going to ask you like a very ridiculous question. Okay. <laughs> Cause what I've, what I've come together with this whole thing. One of the things that I know people love hearing about on the podcast is like when we talk about our practices and you clearly have a wealth of knowledge and understanding from years of working on things that are passionate for you that you are really invested in. And I guess what I really would love if you don't mind, you know, is Monica emailed us and was like, Hey, I want to talk about tarot art and manifestation. Tell us about your tarot art and manifestation. Like, can you give us a little bit of what your journey has looked like? Because I think more even than like the little exercises or the cool ideas or the workbook, you talking about how you have gotten to the place that you've gotten is the kind of information that like not only our listeners, but I want to know as well. Oh, okay. Well, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you children. (laughs) Okay. Well, it, it is a long and very circuitous journey, but I'll try to be very concise about 
manifesting the things that I want uh, to happen in, in uh, my life. And a lot of that is through tarot and oracle cards because you're drawing the thing that maybe you were unaware of too. I do a lot of shadow work. So everything is kind of a combination and pulled together, which is difficult in a way because a lot of times we have to go through each of these points in our life um, separately. We need to come to these understandings that, and we do, we, we compartmentalize and we're trained to, this is work, then I go home and do this, then I do my witching on the weekend, which I've joked about before, but this is how society is. It's like, I have to dress this way at work, then I can dress this way. A lot of us have the luxury of pulling these things together, but by and large, people are living some very separate, uh, disconnected lives. And I was too. Absolutely, I was. I had to be uh, one way as a graphic designer and, uh, you know, work with people who wanted to advertisements in a small newspaper. Uh, I worked in the Indigenous community. I had to. Um, understand the Indigenous history, which you might say, why was an artist doing that? Well, I was asked to take on the history program when uh, tragically somebody had passed away and they were in a bit of a tight spot. And when I came forward saying, you do know I know nothing about history, uh, they said, that's okay, you're an artist, you've got that, you've got that circular way of looking at things, which suits us more than the knowledge base, you'll figure it out. Whoa, deep into the pool. So I had to learn to adapt in that capacity. And then I noticed every job I had or situation was teaching me something. Uh, why am I just doing my art over here and doing this over here? And I thought, okay, wait, wait. I'm caregiving too, now I can't do art, now I'm learning this. How can I pull all of this together? I am this thing, a witch, <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> label it. Uh, I am that thing over there uh, to those people. You have to look at your own shadows, I think, and say, okay, even if I don't know exactly who I am, what would I like to do and what would I like to manifest? And write those priorities down and I did, and they changed. And sometimes it was just free form writing. And other times it must have been automatic writing from another planet because I don't know what I was saying, but it's okay. It's without judgment and mm -hmm. it's just letting the flow. And then you start to see yourself. Uh, it can be a bit uncomfortable. You see that you're wearing masks. You see that you are different things to different people and you wonder why. You learn to develop boundaries. <laughs> You learn that you don't need to be everybody's friend or liked by everybody, which is often what we're taught, mm -hmm. especially as women, uh, nurturers, and, and everyone needs to like us. And if you're not like, I mean, social media is not helping that, right? Yeah. Uh, you have to try to find, at least I did, I had to find a place of being more centered and saying, I can't, I will listen to people but I can't let them validate my journey here and what is my journey and then start drawing and painting and saying, you know what, maybe I can make a tarot deck. Let's pretend it's not 78 cards. Let's pretend 
<laughs> it's only a few cards and see how you do. Let's just organize this. And I just coached myself and uh, took my own advice, which is a lot harder than it, it sounds, and said, okay, what if I don't have a timeline on this? What if I remove all the pressures? What if it doesn't have to, what if I don't have to be Rachel Pollock? Um, whom I've met when when she was around, thank so goodness, jealous. and had great conversations. But what if I just keep removing all the pressure of what I'm supposed to be doing and how perfect it's supposed to be? And I'll just make it a magical experience and I'll manifest in these cards. And what occurred was it kind of flowed and it was easy oddly, because I quit resisting myself and got out of my own way. That is what that means. Sat down, did the work without the pressure, congratulated myself for even doing 10 minutes, which turned into 10 hours gratefully. And I went through what is known as the fool's journey then in the tarot. I lived every step of the way. I started as the seeker. I moved on. I became the high priestess. I realized that there's a hierophant in all of us. And I just kept moving through the deck and using it as spiritual development and taking the pressure away from what it had to be and what it had to do. Uh, that's basically how that manifests. And I mean, I've, I sometimes have a dry spell. And, you know, people think that it's not a dry spell. They just wonder why I expect to be producing 24-7. <laughs> we have different definitions of dry spells, apparently. But uh, I still feel like the next deck will be a different journey. And the next oracle is teaching me all about each of those themes. And I'm manifesting them, not just in understanding, but externally things occur you know, that, that are a little beyond coincidence to me. So that's, that's a, a, probably more than you need to hear, but that's my manifestation journey uh, as far as I'm looking at it right now. Now that was great. <laughs> it makes me think about the, the original air quotes, which, right, this like woman on the outskirts of a little English town with her quote unquote grimoire and her black cat who would occasionally, you know, make poultices for somebody. She maybe was getting her knowledge passed down from her mom or from another woman, but th there wasn't this idea really historically of like, here's a full-fledged grimoire that gives you all of the knowledge and you just have to read it and then you're an expert. You're practice was a practice and you learned and developed as you grew with it. And that's what witchcraft has always been. And I think that like, as modern people, we get caught up in this idea of like, well, if I read this book, I'm going to be the expert, right? If I, if I say I'm a witch, then I'm going to be all powerful and magical and I don't have to practice anything. It's like, that's not, that's not how it works, right? The, the true, to embody the spirit of the witch is to like fuck around with some herbs and realize this doesn't taste good and it's not helping. So I got to do something else next time. But I think one of the important things that you said was getting out of your own way. And I think that we all do that. And I think also mentioning social media at one point, we see this idea of perfection on social media and we think, well, then screw it. I can't do that. 
Like I, I'm, I'm not like that. So I'm not even going to try like, oh, I, I can't, I can't draw like that. I'm not going to even try something. And I think that it's that idea of getting out of your own way and just saying, who has to see it? If you do something, who has to see it? Nobody. Yeah. Right. Like you decide if you're like, Hey, I, I'm kind of proud of this. I'm going to show it to somebody and I'm going to do something with it, but it's yours. It, it's always going to just be yours. So why do we do that? Why do we get like in our way is it because we're women because society has these expectations of us and you know god forbid we we fail at something i don't know yeah that's a really good point and i i do think so i think we internalize a lot and we don't realize it we can walk around thinking we're rebels totally you know doing our own thing and we don't realize how much we're internalizing all of this external pressure and dialogue of what we're supposed to be doing and uh, just to your point, Gemini, I read hundreds of books and I tell people, read everyone else's experience, but understand that is their personal experience and that your experience should not follow theirs. It should be inspired by theirs. I have so many teachers and so many elders I could cite. Um, I'm not in a vacuum by any means. And um, my parents gave me some great lessons, and I am a fourth-generation seer, uh, so I had some assistance with learning how to deal with that, which is not necessarily a witch thing. It's a whole nother, uh, you know, little bit of baggage I was given. So, <laughs> you know, you, you learn that you're truly an individual, and it's hard to tease apart what you want to be when you get all this approval for that one thing, like being the skinniest witch on the block, <laughs> as opposed to, you know, who you may actually be. And it's hard to resist. And then people start sliding into conformity and social media is really a pressure cooker. It's like, well, if I keep posting myself, you know, doing the face, the duck face, I'm going to get a million likes. And if I post myself, Girls, if I post myself in the morning with no makeup, I'm getting zero likes. I'm going to get a whole lot of suggestions for <laughs> help. You know, like there's a difference and we'll avoid things that cause us pain or discomfort. So we have to get past that. We have to push past the thing that makes us uncomfortable and say, why? Because I need approval. No, I don't need approval. I think uh, and that, a lot of that comes from, uh, I think, cognitive behavioral therapy, if anyone's familiar with that. We challenge negative thoughts or limiting thoughts. We look at uh, that and say, yeah, but really, is that true? Do we need that validation? So yeah, it's it can be something else. So just to mention that, along with what you're saying about, is it because of the external? Yeah. We just need to really do that shadow work, I think, and pull apart what we've taken on as not ours and distinguish and get rid of it. So I have had the opportunity, the luck to see a couple of cards from the new deck that's coming out and very different from Shadowland Tarot. It's still Monica in a absolutely beautiful I don't want to say too much. We're going to come back and talk about the deck once it's out for sure. But if you love her work, you definitely want to pin that somewhere about 2024 because you're going to want this deck. It's, it's different. It's how did you come up with 
because I feel like the Lenormand deck, the Shadowland deck, right? The, the tarot deck, they all have a kind of certain look, right? It's very creepy. It's very goth. And this is very, I almost want to say, I feel like I'm entering a fairy world. It's very much, yeah, now Gemini is like a fairy world. Um, <laughs> it's just so, it's soothing. I don't know how else to explain it. Like I said, we'll talk about it more, I guess, when it comes out, we can like pull it apart a little bit and talk about some of my favorite um, images, but there's something soothing about it. There's something that, how can I put this? Um, it's earthy. It's, it's, it is the elements in a very new way that I think anybody, you're going to want to add this, this tarot deck to your collection. And I know that we're all hoarders anyway, and we all have a million decks and this is another one to me, but and, and you know what, in a world where there is so much digital art, it is so amazingly beautiful to see something that is not I don't know if everybody else feels that way. I love my digital art tarot decks, but there's something about seeing that this was done, like some of it's in watercolors, right? Like it's just, it comes through and you just feel like you're holding on to something that is sacred because of the images, because of the way it's done, you see the work into it. So how did you decide, I'm gonna go in this other, it's not completely different. You're not gonna look at it and go, this is in Monica, but it is different. So how did you come up with that inspiration? Yeah, and I was very aware of that. And there are people who will tell you if anything looks different in your artwork, you know, it's not on brand to be quite, you know, blunt about what many people say. Their styles are so tight um, that it, there's absolutely no deviation in the impression it leaves. I've always allowed the theme and the work to. Yeah, I'm still there. Absolutely, I'm still there. But allow that to refine the feeling that you're getting. So with the Shadowland uh, Tarot and Lenormand, those were looking at shadows. Uh, the Awakening Tarot is coming into the light, to put it very simply. So while one is asking you to look at those little monsters and not be intimidated so you know you you can chuckle a little it's okay we all do that we're all fallible um the awakening tarot was to me uh more of an awakening to the oh this is how everything comes together so that was the feeling that i was hoping to um impart with the imagery and it is a little surreal and it is about embodying the elements and how they come together. So the images are quite um, unusual, I think, uh, in, in how, um, you know, the guy with the mushroom head and the corn for an arm, this is becoming the elements and embodying them. And so it just, in our awakening, it, it just seemed like the right thing to do. I tried to do, uh, you know, first few sketches there. It's like, oh yeah, okay, well, you know, stick to your, your thing you really like, um, really creepy things. Um, but I guarantee people, or some people are gonna find this really creepy anyway. Corn on the cob for an arm, what is wrong with you? I'm sure somebody's gonna find it like, you know, distressing for some reason. Mm -hmm but not as overtly. Uh, and yeah, I I'm appreciate that you're, you're seeing it that way because that, is cer that certainly was the intention. 
Okay, as a designer, I think it's more important that you're communicating effectively. And if that means altering your style a little bit to get your point across, and I think I think that's fine. Um, artists frequently, the point is just to stick to their style and express themselves the way they want. But again, I was also a trained designer, which means we are supposed to facilitate comprehension and ease of use and user experience. So that is very much a part of why I think some of my art might look different from one deck to another and yet still retain, yeah, you're still in there, which I can't help. That's just going to always show up, folks. <laughs> but I think it's also, you know, a testament to your desire to mentor other people and to educate. And as a leader, that, you know, you're not just creating decks that all look the same. Because, like, realistically, you could pump out 50 slightly different decks and all the creepy goth girls are going to buy them. But to really, you know, commit to the journey that you've been on and get out of your own way and say, you know what, this is the art that I need to make. And these are the pieces that I need to create right now. I think it just goes back into this idea that like manifestation is showing up and it's showing up in who you are right now, as you are right now in the energy that is around you. And if you if you didn't allow yourself to express the, the power of the elements that you've been cultivating over these seven years, what would that do to you? I mean, that doesn't, that it doesn't feel like it's a true expression of self or a true expression of your ability to be a witch. If you're just going to push that down and be like, Nope, making the same creepy decks. Yeah, that's true. It, it is true. I think that is staying true to um, a progression in the journey and manifestation and, um, you know, I, I can guarantee you that, um, you know, creepy decks are kind of part of my soul and they're coming out again, <laughs> just to let you know. <laughs> and rather than regressing, it's going to be, uh, you know, part of a, a journey that is, is still continuing and growing and, and guarantee that there will be a different way of looking at, uh, at creepy things. <laughs> it's very much that... Um you know, you spiral upwards. So you come back to the same point, but in a new way. That's right. Absolutely. New perspective. It may look from the top down, like you keep coming back to the same spot, but you're not, you're always moving forward and advancing. I think we just have to make sure that we're going in the direction that we want to and understand that we deserve to go in the direction that we'd like. You know, I have, I have a lot of tarot clients and I do a lot of advising and counseling. And uh, the thing that always I find difficult is to hear how many people say, I don't have time. I can't do this. I can't maybe when I retire. And it's like, no, do it now. Make the time. Nobody's going to disown you if you take 15 minutes and close the door. And just take that small bit of time because you deserve it. You deserve to be happy and you deserve to carve that space. That's another thing that I find, uh, though men have this too, women often think that that they can't have or they don't deserve and they have to do these things. So, you know, I think we should all just say we deserve to make time. And I had to do that myself for sure, especially caregiving. 
Um, you know, literally there wasn't five minutes uh, there, but somehow I made those five minutes to sketch while waiting in a chemo ward. You know what I mean? Sometimes we have to do the thing uh, and keep it alive even during the most difficult times. That's, a, that's an important message, especially as summer is coming to an end and whether you're a teacher or not, right? Um, you have more time. I mean, the sun is out longer. We kind of have more energy. So even if you're working throughout the whole summer, sometimes summer schedules are different, even in a corporate yeah. environment, you may not work on a Friday, you may have shorter hours and you're starting to feel that, okay, so now fall is coming, winter's coming and I've lost all this time. I think that's really what gets people down about the end of summer because everybody I know complains about the heat. So it's not exactly the weather that gets us excited about summer. It's that feeling and I think even if you're not a teacher, you still feel like even if you have to go to work, summer, there's just more time, period. It's like summer break. So and since everybody's feeling that, I think it's a good reminder for people that, okay, just because summer's ending doesn't mean summer you has to change, right? Figure out how can you continue to do the things you love when it's no longer summer you, right? Keep that, that, that feeling of summer throughout. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. It's harder to keep that that summer vibe rolling, but you know, we can do it. We can do it. It's just a different perspective of getting out and um, moving around and yeah, it's with a few layers. That's all. <laughs> um, one of the things, one of the things that I've been doing in therapy is I got, I got this Oracle deck from the nap ministry, which I've mentioned a couple times, like on Instagram, but it's been really helpful. It's literally, I'll, I'll show you guys and I, I'll posted some pictures on Instagram at this point, but it's literally just cards that remind you to like slow down. Right. Uh, this one says there is no urgency. There is no perfection. I am enough now. And it's a very different type of Oracle deck than I'm used to working with. Normally it's like, Oh, this is an image and I'm going to figure out what it means to me. And I'm going to, Nope. These are just words telling you to like decouple from grind culture and I think that that as a witch is essential because where do you put where do you put your witchcraft people have like oh on Sundays I go to church or on you know Saturdays I go to temple we don't always have a designated time like we do because we have podcasts which is witch church but like most people don't have witch church so just something in your life that can be a reminder to you that like yeah you need to you need to slow down and slowing down is good for you. And I, I, weirdly enough, I think that's what the summer is for so many people. It's mm -hmm. slowing down and it feels like it's going fast, fast, fast. And oh, I'm doing all that. But the slowing down is giving yourself space to go to Six Flags or go on vacation. That break, that rest is the thing that is replenishing you. And why not then take it into the fall and the winter and the spring? Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I totally agree with you on that. And uh, yeah, that's really important. It's nice to see that Oracle decks are, are being um, used that way. Not everybody uh, enjoys symbols or pictures and words are very potent. Uh, I think that's wonderful. And also, you know, it's an interesting thing that you're talking about which space and you're defining uh and certainly the podcast is which church yes i agree i think designating a time and space 
like church on Sundays, again, that is that is further splintering and compartmentalizing our lives. I think to live as a witch is to live an integrated life. Everything you do is a spell. Everything in this house is certainly very witchy. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it permeates the interior and uh, the elements are everywhere and nature is inside. You know, there's over a hundred plants in the house, which, uh, you know, the outside is actually inside. So I think integrating and doing something mindfully and every day thinking about what energy you're manifesting can take a while uh, because we are naturally wanting to sit down to do fill in the blank. But if we really know that, and I've mentioned this many times, when we do the laundry, we're clearing out a lot of negative energy, period, not just practical dirt. When I am sweeping out the house, oh, I am getting rid of all sorts of energy that nobody needs. And it's, it's looking at moving, uh, moving things through space and time and being invested in everything as a spell that makes my practice completely integrated and yes there are times where I feel like oh there's there's no witching in this this is this is like paying a bill but perhaps I am paying a bill and moving money to make room for more abundance it's our perspective mm -hmm. right and if we mentally look at things as oh that and we have that outlook as uh Nori's talking about the scar on the face that is how that energy moves through everything. It is our perception and, and manifesting our own reality. So, um, you know, I hope I hope people can continue summer into fall. And fall has its own magic and beauty. Winter absolutely has its own beauty and magic and freedom. Freedom from noise, okay? <laughs> I get to close my windows. <laughs> because <laughs> sometimes... You know, wonderful open birds tweeting at 4 a.m. can be wonderful. And, and children screaming reminds me of the energy of those beautiful little babies. Sometimes by the time fall rolls around, closing the windows is not a horrid thing. Yeah. So if we start to see the beauty in every season too, and I'm grateful that we have seasons. I wonder sometimes what I'd do if, yeah. if I just lived in a place that didn't have seasons. So again, gratitude, maybe gratitude would help us get through those, you know, lean times, you know? Yeah. I feel like I, this conversation for me has been a fantastic tool as far as like, what are some things that I can do in my own life to work on my own sort of upward spiral, work on my own journey, allow that creativity, allow that manifestation. Um, I've said a lot for many years that I was going to like, I'm going to go through the tarot and I'm going to sit with each card. I'm going to do the fool's journey. And I just never do it. So like, going to do it. Don't know when, but I'm going to do it. You know, every year there are all these um, opportunities to work as a teacher over the summer. It doesn't have to be summer school. It's a bunch of different things. And every year I said yes to one project that excited me. Like I actually wanted to do this project. Mm -hmm. And I said no to things that were like, that sounds like work. Obviously it's all work. I'm not going to work to play. 
but I wanted to do something because I love my job. So I want to do things that I get excited about. You're just asking me to grind out some stuff as a teacher that I don't want to do. I'm not doing it. Yeah. And people think I'm nuts because you make money over the summer. Obviously we're not making money. And I'm like, you know what? Sometimes it's okay to say, don't be a broke ass bitch for a couple of weeks. And, but I'm going to be home Yeah. and I'm going to do things I like because yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay being broke. I don't even mind telling people like, yeah, you know what? I'm not going out today. Why? Because I'm going to go out the next day. And that's about it. There's yeah. my, there's my uh, allowance for myself. Like I'm not, because that's the scary thing in the summer. So you could spend a lot of money really quickly. <laughs> Tell me about I, it. <laughs> I mean, you know, so sometimes you have to say to yourself, why do I have to be that type of productive? Why do I constantly have to be working when there's stuff that I actually want to do here at home? Yeah. You know, I actually, I, I purge a lot in the summer. In fact, this office, I didn't pick up and you can't see the mask because it's the computers up here. Stuff is down here, but you know, I have just a mess of things and I would rather be here. Yeah. I'd rather be here doing that. I have more fun, you know, listen to music, think about things, you know, reorganize my altar. What do I want to change on it? What do I want to do? Like, you know, we don't have to be quote unquote productive. That is being productive. Just being you, just making your space, the space you want to be in is, um, it's a good, it's a good use of time. Wow. Yeah. This has been a lot, um, (laughs) in a good way. This has been a lot in a good way. I am going to have to take some notes for myself when I edit the (laughs) podcast. I feel like I want to listen to this podcast again and and do the same thing. Like, yeah, I need, I need to like be writing things down. This is, I didn't plan this correctly. (laughs) Um, before we wrap up, is there anything else, Monica, you would like to share with us? I think I've been a lot. So maybe <laughs> I should just chillax here a little bit. I want to thank you for, um, I don't know, creating this space. Which space? It's, it's such a, a beautiful place to to get to share and I feel very honored and privileged for that and uh, I want to thank you first and foremost for inviting me and I all in several times I might add uh, and I think I, I'd like to share with people too to be patient with themselves and that awakening in itself can be a very slow process and can be repeated and not to put pressure on themselves that one minute you're asleep, then suddenly you're spiritually awake. Uh, it's, it's, it's a long lifetime kind of a, a deal with many awakenings. And just be kind to yourselves and patient and, uh, you know, enjoy life. Manifest the things that you really want to do. Take even five minutes out of your day and do something just for you that is truly enjoyable. And even when you're not sure what you want to do anymore, then just take five minutes to sit down and do nothing. Uh, take a little break. Just remove the pressure entirely and allow allow the elements to support you and uh, bring you what you need. There's I love nothing. you. Yeah. <laughs> you can, you know whenever you want to come on, just let us know. This is just, you just elevate the conversation. You make us think deeply and it's just, you're just amazing. We love you. Thank you for being on the podcast again. Oh, thank you. Love you Um, guys.
<laughs> of course, we're going to link all of Monica's stuff in the description and on Instagram. So if you want to check her out, if you're interested in the retreats, in the decks, in just her general vibe, we got you. Um, thank you so much to Kano and Moore for our amazing intro and outro music. Thank you to you guys for being the best listeners ever, for giving us this space and opportunity to talk to Monica and all of the friends of the podcast. And of course, remember, if you're following the moons, you're following us. Thank you.